Hello and welcome to another episode of The Pod Well Travelled. I'm Penny Thomas and in the studio with me today is our travel editor, Stephen Scalfield, who is heading off to Uluru once again for the upcoming New Year period. Um, welcome to the podcast, Stephen. Thanks very much. Um, so there's many people that would say that this is the most famous natural landmark on Earth. Um, it's a place that you've visited multiple times before, and I'm sure that you have a lot to say on this. Yeah, well, as you say, it is, I mean, I think it is the most recognisable natural feature, you know, landmark on the planet. Mm. And it still kind of amazes me, I suppose, that every time I go it's incredible. Mm. It's the most incredible sight, you know. And the first time you just catch sight of it, I think because it because it rises out of a flat plain, and there's something about the texture of the rock which makes it look kind of just weird. It's the only word I've got for it. It's weird, and it's a different colour scape to the land around it. So it, it almost looks like a cardboard cutout. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I guess a lot of things have changed as well over the over the years, presumably since you've started to go there to now as well. Absolutely. It's a real symbol of, of our changing attitudes, isn't it? You yeah. know, when you think back to even in our, well, in my memory, you know, there were motels around the bottom and people camped around the bottom mm. of the rock itself, you know, and then the sort of coming in of that more sensitivity, the end of climbing, which, you know, we'll talk about and the things you can do there now without climbing the rock and just the recognition of the Ananu people who own the rock and lease it back to the Australian government. So the development and maturity of that relationship is kind of symbolic of, and be, I was a leader in and a symbol of how things would go in other places in the country. Yeah. Okay, well, um, I was going to start us off with some fast facts. And um, like you just said, that the traditional owners are the Ananu people and um, they've been living there for thousands of years. And like you said, they they own it and they lease it back to the Australian government. Um, from a geological perspective, Uluru and the adjacent Kata-Juta rock started forming about 550 million years ago. Um, Uluru itself is taller than the Eiffel Tower and it sort of measures 348 metres. It is 3.6 kilometres long, 1.9 kilometres wide, and the base walk is 9.4 kilometres, which takes around three and a half hours to do. Um, it used to be called Ayres Rock, and that was because it was named for Sir Henry Ayres, who was the Chief Secretary of South Australia after being seen in... 1873 by explorer William Goss and it was officially renamed Uluru in 1993. Um, it joined the UNESCO World Heritage List in 1987 and people climbed Uluru until October 26, 2019. Um, it is a sacred site for the Ananu people and today just about 250,000 people visit it a year. So a lot has really changed the, over its time period. Really has. And, you know, climbing the rock was such a, it was a, a traveller's thing to do. You know, so many people climb the rock, want to climb the rock. Um, but as you say, it, was, it is a sacred site for the Ananu people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this, they took out the, the chains. Of course, climbing the rock was actually pretty dangerous. And yeah, quite right. a lot of people died climbing the rock, were blown off and so on. There was a chain up the first bit and um, you can still see the, the mark from that, but it's all closed off now, as you say. Mm. But look, there's no need. I mean, the base walk is fantastic. The, the trick for me with the base walk, by the way, 
just as a practical thing. It's as you say, it's nine point four kilometers, three and a half hours. He's going some, mm. but my trick is to go fairly in the, early in the morning. You start on the east side and walk north, and then you come round the top because it just means that by the time it's warmed up a bit, you're walking in the shade down the west side, and you're back sort of you know mid morning, late morning, which is that's about the thing to do, I reckon. Yeah. Okay. Um, but. As you've just said with those measurements, um, it's 3.6 kilometres long. What is so surprising still to me is that the rock is 1.9 kilometres wide. So it's a real three-dimensional experience. We we see, you know, we see that shape of the rock so often or think of it in a two-dimensional mm. aspect. But uh, certainly when you fly, you know, if you fly doing a sightseeing thing in a light aircraft or in a chopper um we actually do some trips in charter aircraft and we kind of loop the rock and suddenly you see it as a big sprawling blob you know not as a two-dimensional cutout yeah yeah and um we can probably start talking about how to get there because it is a pretty remote destination if you are thinking of traveling there well it is but by the same token, you know, from there are direct flights from Melbourne, Sydney, and Darwin. You know, yeah, the, the ma- these major cities in Australia. Um, from Perth uh, and Adelaide, you need a connecting flight, generally through Alice Springs, and it is something to look out for because if you book a flight and you finally go to Alice Springs, that's four hundred and fifty kilometres away. Mm. So you're going to have to hire a car, and it's a, a decent drive, you know, through remote um but by the same token very good highway you know you can get to you can get to uluru on the bitumen okay so firstly we've got various ways to fly there as i say um out of perth we quite regularly have charter flights and just get back to your point i mean from perth it's less than three hours flight to uluru yeah so wherever you are it's actually it's remote but it's really accessible. Yeah, especially from Perth because often everything is far away that's from right. us. So that's so great. It's nearer to, it's closer to fly to Uluru from Perth on the West Coast mm. than it is to fly to Broome, mm. which is still within Western Australia. So it gives you some measure. It's quite a surprise to be in, in the centre so easily. Mm. You know, so you can drive there on the bitumen. So you can drive there from Darwin, from Adelaide on bitumen. Uh, from Perth, you drive there down the Great Central Road which is part of the, also called the Outback Highway, which continues into Queensland. So from Queensland, you drive there down the great, down the um, Outback Highway as well. Yeah. Um, I've done that and it's, I mean, approaching the rock by road, you sort of, you feel like you've earned it, which is fun. Yeah. Um, or just on that, what type of car do you need to have a full drive or something that can go off-road? Or No, you- look, honestly, you could, you'll, you'll, You'd be pushing it with an EV at the moment okay. still, but you, you could drive anything to Ayers Rock on the bitumen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's fuel everywhere. There's water everywhere. I mean, obviously, you'd take an extra jerry can or some extra fuel and this and that just in case, but you can you can drive there very easily from Adelaide or, or Darwin particularly. Mm. From If you're driving the Great Central Road, the Outback Highway, um really it's it's actually quite easy so if you look from western australia which as we know is a big and mm. remote you know state with a lot of remote areas this there's it's a very easy outback trick because the great central road is being bitumenized mm. 
It's an all-weather gravel road and there's fuel about every 300 kilometres and places to stay, albeit in simple accommodation. So in actual fact, it's a very easy, accessible outback trip. I think you could do it in a Nissan X-Trail. Okay. I know you can do it in this next trail because people have. Yeah. Um, the last section before you get to the Northern Territory border is corrugated, so you'd take it easy there. But it's it's actually quite an easy outback trip to do. Yeah, okay. And um, what about the, the train that stops by? Yeah, well, the, the GAN is such a fantastic train trip, you know, between Darwin and Adelaide. It doesn't go close to Uluru but it comes into Alice Springs mm. so you could break the trip there you could do the the GAN to Alice you could do a sort of tour off to Uluru and come back to Alice and then rejoin another a date on the GAN so you could sort of break the trip there yeah okay so there's multiple different ways I, that you can- I, just just to say honestly Penny like the worst thing you can do with Uluru is do a day trip from Alice Springs Right. Because you can do 900 kilometres and get a glimpse of it and go, what was all that about? I just don't think that's a good way to do it. Okay. So you would suggest perhaps staying a few... Yeah, look, you can easily, you know, you can spend three days there um, and there's plenty to do and see. So, and you just need time in the desert too. Yeah. Okay. And what's the best time of year to go? Look, you know, mid-year is cooler. Yeah. Um, but you can get rain, which is interesting on the rock because it looks like a wedding cake. Mm. But you've got less accessibility, you know, and it can be cold. It can be really cold at night. So spring, autumn's good, you know, but I don't mind going in summer because it's relevant. Mm. You know, 40 degrees in the central desert is the central desert right yeah feels right yeah okay well we'll get on to accommodation in just a little bit but um what are some of the highlights from Uluru oh look I think the highlights there are as I say the base walk there are some water holes so it's really worth joining a day tour because the guides my my experience of all the guides around Uluru is so good Mm. so you'll learn things you wouldn't know you'll see indigenous art You'll see waterholes with zebra finches and frogs that emerge when when there's water there and bury themselves in the sand when there's not. Um, you'll hear the story. You'll hear the indigenous stories of the rock. So joining a day trip, the, I mean, there's there's a number of really good tour companies there which do day trips. My experience is that you can't go wrong with any of them. So I'm not even going to give you any names because you can't go wrong. Um because they interact with the Yulara Township, that's where everybody stays. So they they're kind of very visible. So any tour you, company you go with is is really well known, and the township is run by indigenous interests. You know, so everything about that is good for us as visitors. So look, highlights, day trips, go to the waterholes. Um, do the base walk which I've just described early in the morning you can do segways you can cycle around the base track on fat tired bikes um, the cultural centre in the Uluru Tatajuta National Park is fantastic Okay. so you can easily spend a couple of hours there you'll see artists painting you'll see the finished artworks um, that's a great place to visit and get you get grounding there 
And there's a lot of things. So, as I've said, Yulara Township, which has all the accommodation, also has a town square with boomerang stuff going on, painting workshops, lots of free things to do for visitors. Mm. Uh, it's a good place to buy art. You'll see people just sitting on the grass with their artwork for sale. Um, there's a gallery there. There's an indoor sort of cinema there, which shows cultural things as well so lots to do around the township and a lot of it's free yeah okay and then there's often some sort of special uh dinners and festivals that also go on throughout the year that's right so the the dinner thing to do is the sound of silence which is a dinner where you're picked up by a coach <clears throat> or you know some other transport taken to this spot you walk up on top of the dune have pre-dinner drinks with uluru behind you at mm. sort of sunset walk down the dune and have a dinner and have dinner set there. There'll be a didgeridoo player. There'll be someone interpreting the stars, telling you the cultural significance as well as the astrological names and so on. And the Sound of Silence dinner is fantastic. So that's a real thing to do. Um, and I think the other thing that people really want to do is go and visit the Field of Light, yeah. which is Bruce Mun- artist Bruce Munro has got these the whole... There's 50,000 lights there, LED lights, in different colours. Mm. And you walk around this in the dark. It's pretty interesting. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic. spectacular. So that's a good thing to do too. Okay. Um, should we discuss some of the accommodation options that are around there? Are there many directly around Uluru itself or are they sort of in the no, town? No, it's really interesting because it's so well controlled, which, I mean, there are, there are parts of that which – feel a little frustrating perhaps you know but it's it's in the national park and we all stay in the township which is not in the national park you know which is outside so that really controls the impact on the place and i think that's that's a good thing within yulara you've got everything from camping to sort of you know sort of glamping um but then you've got a lower cost hotel called the lost camel you've got five star sales in the desert um you've got emu walk apartments which is obviously an apartment type stay if you've got family mm. and the desert gardens hotel which is you know up very up market so you've really got a very good choice of accommodation there there's sort of buffet style restaurants there's a fantastic um noodle place called walk and roll mm-hmm. which is you know a walk shop so there's there's other ways you can eat there's other little cafes and things you can eat less expensively i think one trick also is just to if you're going there for a few days just hire a car yeah you can hire a little car you'll be on the bitumen and you can zip in and out because you've got not only uluru but katajuta mm. which is um a set of marble-like rocks with the Valley of the Wind walk through, and that's a different proposition to Uluru itself. So you've got somewhere quite different. That's a 40-minute drive, I'm going to say, as well. So if you've got a car, you've also just got that freedom to go at different times of the day, see it in different light, go to spots, spend longer there. Um, There is a hop-on, hop-off bus, Mm. to these spots and i've used that a lot so but there'll be pickup times so the only thing is if you're walking around the rock for example there'll be a pickup time say half past 11 and you need to be there at half past 11 so it's just a bit more restrictive but 
you know, it's, it's a good way to do it too. So the hop on, hop off bus is a very easy thing to use. Mm, okay. Um, and what about some of your likes and dislikes for the area? Likes and dislikes. Well, you know, I love the environment. I mean, honestly, the rock and Katajuda, obviously, Uluru and Katajuda are, are the features, but you are in the great central desert. Yeah. And, you know, you can just enjoy being in the desert. Mm. And even around the resort, you know, you can walk off onto a dune and stand there and just be in the desert. So I love that. And I think if you just take time, let it seep in, listen to the cultural stories, then it's an extraordinary place to be. It it does, for me, have this quality of of looking like and feeling like a red heart, mm. you know, and it feels like the heart of the continent in a physical sense but in a spiritual sense as well. Yeah. You know, and I think I approach it that way. Um, dislikes, oh, I dislike being ill-prepared for the cold. You know, so you go to the Sands of Silence dinner and it's nice and it's mild and then the last two hours you're just freezing. So, you know, just pay attention to the to the weather, you know, to the temperatures yeah. forecast because, you know, if you just take something warm to put on in the evening, you'll enjoy it more. Take a puffer jacket, take, you know, take a beanie for goodness sake. Mm. Um, just really... That I, I, I sort of say I partly dislike, but like being the control that is out there. The fact that you—it's a very highly managed place, mm. which you know, for free-spirited people, is you feel like you're held away from it a bit. But the trick is to move that from a dislike to a like because it's the right thing. So yeah. the way it runs now is very good. Yeah, and protecting it for, for many generations to come as well so other people can enjoy the magical sort of nature of it all. Absolutely. Um, okay, did you have any final thoughts? You well, want- just just look out for wherever you are and certainly obviously if you're in Western Australia and Perth, look out for charter flights because so often, you know, this is it's a really efficient way to do it. So you'll get you'll be on a plane which is not a normal flight. So as we approach the rock, for example, we partner with NT Now, a company called NT Now, which is part of Holidays Australia. So look out wherever you are in Australia or anywhere else, look out for NT Now because they're really good, great company. Um, Their charter flights, when you get, firstly you get a bit of narrative on the way because it's like a big party, you know, so we've got 100 people but we're going together to experience this and then they'll actually fly around the rock both ways so by the time you've landed you've had a good look at it from the air you've had your flight seeing experience without paying for one mm. um, and because the whole weekend is or three in our case three nights is orchestrated you know all the logistics are done everything's included you're paying one price um, all the accommodations covered the, the touring's covered so Look out for charter flights to Uluru from wherever you are, and I think that that's a really good way to see it. I'm looking forward to it. Every time I go there, it amazes me that it's amazing because mm. I've seen it so many times, and we've all got the image in our head from postcards. You know, well, when there were postcards, <laughs> but you know, from Instagram, let's say. Um, but when you're there and it's in front of you, it's it's weird and amazing, and how the light changes on it. 
I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I'm glad it still amazes you. It really does. Perfect. Okay, well, um, as always, you can keep up with uh, whatever we're writing about at thewest.com.au forward slash travel. Um, That's all from us this week, and thanks for listening. 